Eventually, I'll ask the guys whether they care about the WBC at all anymore. But let's get to some Twins topics here first on Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That's the easiest way to listen. It is also free. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. And we're also sponsored by TSR Injury Law. Thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thanks to Roy Smalley, longtime Twins great, now Twins broadcaster. Lavelle Emil III, Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. Let's kick. It, let's throw a couple topics here. Who do you want to see become the Twins' main leadoff hitter this season? Let's start with Roy. Oh man, what a what a great question. I I still um, I still like Buck there. Um, uh, the disruptive factor if he can stay healthy and uh, maintain any kind of uh, consistency of, of that talent that he has at the plate uh, it, uh, on top of um, the, uh, the mayhem he creates on the base paths. I, 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 I still like him there until he, <coughs> excuse me, until he shows that he should be a third hitter uh, in the lineup. Uh, I, I like him an awful lot leading off and, and just being the, the Ricky Henderson kind of disruptor. Lavelle? Yeah, you know, Buck, uh, he could put you up one nothing with one swing of the bat, or he can put you in a scoring position with one swing of the bat. So that's the exciting thing about Buck. I, I think I would like to see the one guy who probably still takes the next, the next guy on the line in terms of taking quality of bats, I would like to see Jorge Polanco be in the leadoff spot. Uh, I know the the walk rate and uh, strikeout rate doesn't scream leadoff guy, but if you watch Jorge at the plate, um, you know, he battles, he fouls pitches off. Uh, I think he'd be a type of guy that could, you know, work work pitchers over and give his teammates the idea what that pitcher's got that day. Um, don't know if it's realistic because you may need him lower in the order to help balance out the batting order. Um, just thinking along with Rocco and dealing with the left-handedness that the Twins, you know, have. Um, but if you're asking me who may be best equipped to bat leadoff, my suggestion would be Jorge uh, in that role. Interesting. I did not think of Jorge as a possibility. Uh, I Basically, at this moment, I agree with Roy. I think that uh, Buck's your best player, your most impactful hitter, your fastest runner. And if you put him in, if you bat him leadoff, even if he doesn't profile necessarily as a leadoff hitter, because he's not stealing bases right now, uh, you're giving your best hitter the most at bats. And that's a good thing. And that's what, you know, modern analytics uh, tell you a lot of different things about the batting order. The most important thing modern analytics has revealed about the batting orders. You just need to get your best hitter, best hitters as many at bats as possible. That serves that function. An alternative view, and I will just throw this one out there, an alternative view, a more creative view, would be if you can have a left-handed hitter bat leadoff, then it's much easier to go left-right, left-right through the lineup. And I wonder if Max Kepler would benefit psychologically from batting leadoff, not thinking about driving the ball, not thinking about having to produce runs, just think about taking a good at bat when he comes up to the plate. I wonder if that would help him get out of this three-year funk he's been in. You know, he he was good. He was good as a leadoff hitter uh, at, at times when he, when he did that, I think that's, you know, I think that's an interesting, uh, 
interesting thought to maybe uh, go back to that. I, I, <clears throat> I, I think I would stick with Buck coming out of spring training. I think Jorge's got to hit back in the lineup, probably behind uh, Correa, who will probably bat second again. You really, you really want that switch hitter, and Lavelle alluded to this. I think you want the switch hitter you know, in the third spot or potentially the fifth spot. I don't want Pelago hit fifth, but, you know, when you have a switch hitter that uh, can hit third or fifth, they're protecting guys that are hitting first and second and fourth. Uh, I think it's, I think it's effective. So I think, I think polanco has got to hit. Yeah. I mean, it, when he's right, he's the best hitter for average, uh, you know, on the team. He's, he's got, uh, he takes really good at bats in big situations. He takes really good at bats with runners in scoring position. So I, I think you, I think you gotta move him back there, and I think you, you have to start with, with Kepler moved back a little bit too. But it, if it, here's how Kepler jumps right to the leadoff spot, probably if Buck is tearing it up. Um, I mean, and it probably won't happen the first two months. Meaning, if he tears it up for two months, you leave him there and just ride that out. But if he establishes himself as the, you know, as the most impactful, you know, hitter on the team, then at some point in time, Rock has got to think about hitting him third, probably. I mean, if you go, if you look at uh, basic line construction, I think what Rock ended up doing uh, a lot of times last year was I, I think he just took his best three OPS guys and just put them up to the top of the order and made sure those guys, you know, got the most played appearances per game. So that OPS could be put in play a little bit more. And that was Correa and Buxton and Luis Arias. Um, so Polanco had a down year last year because of the injuries, but he still led the team in walks with 64. I think that's what intrigues me about him maybe being a table setter, but uh, that switch hit in this could help later on in the batting order. So as this thing shakes out, it, it screams at like one guy to be that leadoff hitter, and that's Byron Buxton. Uh, Kepler, God, 66 OPS last year. I know. Um, you almost have to just forget like his last couple of years and see if he can go back to like 2019. Um, when it looked like he was going to be the next Sean Green and uh, hope he gets it back. And it seems like he's in a better frame of mind. I think you saw him, Jim, down in camp. I don't know if there was anything that he showed that uh, that made you think that he could uh, get out of this funk he's been in. I mean, I, I, I. I'm torn because I never want to overreact to anything I see in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he talked about all his travels and having a good time and hanging out with his girlfriend in Paris and everything like that. But he also looked very big and very strong and still very lean. Uh, he seemed, seems to be, have the right frame of mind to bounce back. Um, I think the, the shift removal will make him feel better about just hitting the line drives to right field, which is kind of his natural stroke. Um, so I, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced back. I also don't want to overreact to conversations early in spring training as b- those being, you know, particularly meaningful. That's right. To Joey Gallo follow. Remember he was standing next to Gallo and I was like, he doesn't look that much smaller than Joey. No, Gallo. you're right. And you know what? I, <laughs> I, th- I, I want to make sure I correct myself too, because I think, you mentioned that at one point in spring training. I was like, ah, no, Kepler doesn't look any different. And then like the next day, of course, I saw him with his shirt off in the, in the clubhouse. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he's different. He's very big. <laughs> you know, I think what would probably benefit Max would just be, uh, uh, to your point, Joe, about uh, giving him the best mental uh, opportunity to relax and, and let his talent come out. I mean, I, 
I think you start the season with Max not in a position where, <clears throat> excuse me, he looks at the lineup and says, right, "Oh right. man, I got to get on base. I got to, I got to be a leadoff. Get you got to draw walks and take pitches, or I don't want. You can't put him fifth. You don't necessarily. Oh man, I got to, I got to protect the clean. You know, the the third and fourth place hitter guys. I got to drive and run. I think you just throw Max in there someplace, in uh, you know after the fifth spot here for a little while. I mean, if he." It'd be different if he if he tears up spring training. I mean, if he hits nine million in spring training, then you can break the seat. You know his confidence would be high, and you could you could break the you know from the gate you know with him in a in a more advanced role. But I think you just let him be for a while, and let's see if he can get his head on straight. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there next week because it's, it's going to be right at the time where managers are going to start playing with the, their expected lineups during the season, and I can imagine Buxton will start playing in a few games by then, and. Um, and we'll get a chance to see what that lineup's going to look like. So, uh, can't wait to get down to Fort Myers a week from now and see how that shakes, how this shakes out. Plus, you, you know, you got to get down there, and somebody's got to chaperone Phil Miller. He just tears up that town when you're not around. Well, I think Phil can't wait for me to get down. I think he needs a breather. <laughs> to be yes. honest with you. So, yes. uh, and I, I'll be there for him. And anyway, I, I noticed my first day down. The next game is at Pittsburgh, the place he le- le- least likes in, in Florida. So I got a feeling I'll be on the Brayton and shuttle uh, Saturday morning. Well, <laughs> we got are, are they still in Bradenton? Yes, at McKechnie Field. At the yep. same McKechnie Field. Oh my God, this place is depressing. Jeez. It is. <laughs> it really is. It's just awful. God, I, I, I used to, I used to try to bribe managers and not make me go on that trip. Terrible. And and Lavelle has bribed uh, Star Tribune employees to not make him go on that trip. So uh, I'm glad to see Lavelle's going to be on the, uh, the Puckett Express North. Uh, that's, that is one of the amazing thing about the old twins is Puckett made every road trip because TK knew if he put Puckett on the bus and nobody else could complain. Right. All I know is that Braden is the only place where I got my only speeding ticket in 27 years going down to spring training. Um, I was on my way to Bradenton. That's my one speeding ticket in, wow. uh, I'm actually Mike impressed Perry. you've only gotten one for all the years you've spent down there. I'm actually surprised too, to be honest with you. But uh, I still remember that day vividly. I think it was 2010, I want to say. So, um, wow, what I think did it cost I, you? 800, 800 bucks? You're pretty, you're, you're still pretty, uh, pretty warm <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, I just remember, you, you, no one who, who likes getting pulled over by a, 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 a cop? No one does. So I remember those moments vividly. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about the rest of the batting order, at least the top of the batting order, and also ask who might end up being this team's ace. Uh, we do want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, and we want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services radio guy. Question, what makes water good water? As your local authorized Connecticut dealer, we're here to help everyone know that good water is just water. What I mean is that other stuff that isn't supposed to be in water isn't in your water. Stuff like iron, dissolved rock, or contaminants that maybe aren't so good for you. Concerned about what's in your water? Whether it's city or well, schedule your free water analysis at ConnecticutMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. We also want to tell you about All Energy Solar. The website to remember, allenergysolar.com slash coach, C-O-A-C-H, allenergysolar.com slash coach. All Energy Solar is delivering quality, 
solar installations for home and businesses since 2009. You can get a free quote at that website. You want to be more green this year? Solar energy can help. Once again, go to allenergysolar.com slash coach. The electrical grid has limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Once again, allenergysolar.com slash coach for a free site assessment. And solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms. Read their ebook on energy storage plus solar at allenergysolar.com slash battery. So go to allenergysolar.com. You'll get everything you need to know about going solar. Also want to let you know, I don't really need to let you know, you already know this. TSR Injury Law advertises everywhere. We're very lucky to have them advertising on many shows across this platform. Uh, we've gotten to know them. That's one thing you might not get from their other ads elsewhere is we actually know them. We know Steve Terry. We know Rich. We know everybody over there. We've been to, we've done shows from their new offices uh, and they are in beautiful new offices because they win cases. They take care of their clients. 612-TSR-TIME. That's what you need to do. If you're injured, just call 612-TSR-TIME. They will take care of you and if they will only charge you if they win your case and they win lots of cases. That's why they can advertise everywhere because they keep winning cases. They keep building their business into one of the great Minnesota success stories, 612 TSR time. All right. So it, let's just say Buck's going to lead off and Cray's going to bat second. Polanco's third. Who bats fourth and fifth? Let's go with Roy. You know, I think the fourth spot is their, uh, is their most difficult one uh, right now. Uh, I look at, uh, uh, at Miranda being a, a really solid fifth place hitter. And then you could follow up with a um, with a left hander. It could be the Kepler or Gallo. But I, I'll I'll throw out something kind of weird. What if uh, it doesn't Joey Gallo? I know you know we all know how much he strikes out, but doesn't he walk an awful lot as well? Yeah, he I does. Think he, I think he walks a lot. What if you had Buck hit first and Gallo hitting second, and um, and then and then Correa third or Polanco third and the other one fourth. And then you, then you, you kind of start, you know, fooling around with things. I, I think that's, I think that's a possibility right now. Hmm. You, you could hit, you could hit Gallo fourth sandwich between Polanco and Miranda. And that, that probably wouldn't be uh, too bad, but you're going to, you know, you're going to get a lot of strikeouts in big situations uh, there. I, I just think it'd be interesting to see, you know, with, with Buck on base and you know and Ga- and Gallo up next and you know Correa and Polanco and Miranda coming out, I I think I mean you got to figure out somewhere <coughs> if if Gallo's gonna is he, if he's your everyday left fielder I mean you're just committed to that then you got to figure out okay where do we where do we put him in the lineup I think he's as I think about the lineup I I kind of scratch my head about okay where's Joey Gallo going to hit if he's my everyday left fielder. And uh, obviously, it's in a it's in a power position. You put him fourth or sixth or something like that. I kind of like him either right behind Bucks or right in front. Hit him ninth. Have him have him go up there, hit ninth, and with Bucks and sitting on the on, in the on deck circle. That that wouldn't be bad. Either. Man, I'm looking at this right now. You made me grab a notepad. I'm jotting down like names and, and fake batting orders, and I don't know where to put Gallo. Um, right, right. That's the problem. I don't know where to put because all right, I, I'm going with. Uh, Suhan's premise. I'm starting leading off Buxton, Polanco, Correa. Uh, does Gallo bat fourth? And then that means Kepler's going to end up batting sixth or eighth. Am I missing someone here? One, two, three, four, five, You're six. Missing, Kir- missing Kirilov. 
I got, I got Kirloff right after Miranda right now. I got Miranda oh, fifth, Kirloff sixth. Yeah. Catcher seventh, Kepler eighth. And then who am I missing in the outfield? Gallo. Oh, designated hitter. Who is their DH this year? Oh, that's another question. <laughs> that's <laughs> That well, let me get point. into that, that because I talked to Rocco and some people about that when I was down there, and they basically said that, um, you know, they want to rotate. And and because they've, they, the interesting thing is when you hear them talk about who they want to see in the lineup, they say, oh, we want to have Michael Taylor out there by Buxton a lot. Well, how do you do that? Well, you DH either Kepler or Gallo. Right. Uh, they're like, hey, we want to have, you know, uh, you know, I think Solano could actually hit. Well, how do you have him in the lineup? Well, you can DH him or you can have him play for Polanco or Correa and have one of those guys DH. I really think they want to keep the uh, DH spot open um, and and slide. You know, at one day it's Buxton, the next day it's Correa, the next day it's Polanco, uh, the next day it's a bench player. And if they do that, then, you know, they're not going to keep Larnick or Walner or somebody like that in the big league roster. And those guys will be just the first guys called up. That's true. Um Looking at that, see, I, I can't count Larnick now because they keep signing people. They signed another outfielder yesterday to a minor league deal. Another left-handed hitting outfielder named Stevenson, who was with the Nationals in 2019. Um, it, it seems like it's getting harder and harder for Larnick to to have a foothold in this roster. And you guys got you're gonna have a bench of Cal Farmer. You're gonna have Nick Gordon. You're Solano. gonna have Solano. You're gonna have Jeffers, the backup, the backup catcher. That's four bench spots, nine starters. That's 13, 13 pitchers. That's it. Then a four-man bench, right? Um, well, the question is, so you have eight position players. I still don't have a DH, though. Four, four bench players, and then there's one more spot for either a DH or another depth guy. God. Taylor. But we, I don't think we mentioned Taylor. I did not mention Taylor. So that See, would be that's your roster right there. And there's no there's no room for Larnick. If you have a farmer, Gordon. Correct. Solano, then Solano makes the opening day roster. He's the DH. Well, that I think, is, I think Solano has to make the opening day roster. They, yeah. they, they have to have any right-handed hitter that's with a pulse that's had any success in the, in the past. I mean, and and so I mean, w- this is just kind of getting to what has been on my mind for quite a while. I, uh, I think they have a uh, problem at, they have a problem slash problem. I think they have a problem at at cleanup at for, the fourth spot in the lineup. And I think they have a problem at DH. And I understand that they can rotate guys through. But for the most part, and we're talking about what a great outfield is going to be, Gallo and Buck and, and Kepler. Well, so are you only going to have any, any for, for a stretch of 10 games, are they only going to play together, you know, three of the 10 because everybody's rotating around uh, DH? I, at some point in time, you got to play your guys defensively that you want to have out there defensively. And I and the rotation of DAs just becomes a rest issue, not a n- not a, uh, a a strategy for you know for because you don't have a you don't have a thumper DH like a lot of like a lot of teams do. So I I think the fourth spot is a bit of a is a, a to put it positively is a question mark, and I think the I think DH is going to fall to one of the left hand hitters and and Solano probably in a in some kind of platoon, but. God, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't want them to break up that defense. I mean, they they went from pitching no. in defense this year, and then, then all of a sudden, yeah. But we're not going to play them all together very often. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I will say this: they they think that Taylor. I mean, Taylor's a former Gold Glove center fielder, so it's not like if they have Gallo or DH 
uh, Gallo or Kepler DH that they're really taking a big step backwards defensively. No, that's a, no, right. that's a, that's a good point. But I'm just I'm just thinking about the whole rotation. We're talking about right. though. We're talking about the whole infield yep. and the whole and the whole outfield taking their turns as DH. That's how we're going to do it. Well, that means that for seven, if they did that every day, that means for seven straight days they don't have they, they don't have a you know their their normal defensive uh, mm-hmm. alignment out there. I mean, I, I just think that's a little odd. Plus, the other thing, too, if Gallo's not batting clean up, then he's batting toward the bottom of the order. I don't know if I want Gallo potentially clogging up the base pass for Buxton and coming back around the top of the order. So, uh, you've this is a tester. I uh, That's why I'll, I like Gallo. That's why I thought that's why it occurred to me maybe hit Gallo second. Yeah. Because, you know, you, it hit him behind Buck. And there's going to, there, you know, if he's playing, if he's playing every day, he's going to hit 20 home runs and maybe 30. He's going to strike out a bunch, but you know it's not it's not going to be with Buck on the bases. You know, you know Buck can steal, Buck can keep, uh, you know, stay out of you know Gallo hitting into double plays and stuff. And you know, with the with the shift now not being the same, I mean, yeah, you are going to get some strikeouts in that spot, but with you know hitting behind Buck, it might not the strikeouts might not be that as glaring. Who's your cleanup then of Gallo second? <coughs> Well, that's why I said it's a problem. But I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can count on Gallo being your cleanup hitter. I mean, I just think there's, and maybe you can, maybe, maybe between Polanco and Miranda, you know, if those guys hit like they can, maybe that, you know, maybe Gallo becomes the old uh, Dave Kingman kind of deal where you hit him fourth and you know he's going to strike out 150 times, but there's going to be 40 home runs show up and some are going to be in a real big situation. So. Maybe that's the maybe that's the best spot. I'm just I agree with you that I don't uh, for different reasons. I, I'm not crazy about Gallo down in the at the bottom of the order because I, I I just think once they get past the first five guys, maybe six, you know, then you've got left-hander, 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 or you know, you've got you've got guys that you can't count on as much to be you know big run producers. And if he's a strikeout in the seventh spot or the eighth spot, then it, that compounds the problem. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm throwing I'm throwing second and fourth out there for Gallo I guess. And I will say this uh, I under you know my feeling is that they're going to go with defense and utility players as their bench. I personally and I understand why. I personally I would rather see like if he's healthy I'd rather see Larnick. I'd rather see a guy that I feel comfortable batting somewhere fourth to seventh who I think is going to produce runs uh, with Walner as the backup. Um, I, I just, or or even garlic, you know, balancing the lineup. I I would rather have a thumper DH and find other ways to rest people, but I just don't sense that's the way they're going right now. Of course, the other caveat here is one injury and all of a sudden Larnick's on the team and they have, you know, I mean, the, the injuries will dictate a lot of these decisions, but right now with a healthy roster, I would rather have a thumper. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Larnick on the team, to be honest with you, but I, that means no Solano. And I, I think they brought they brought in Solano to be on the team. Yeah. So, you know what? We, we always – fans always obsess over stuff like this, and all it takes is one injury, and then yep. uh, all this is just blown out of the water. The latest – hold on here, Vasquez, and then Kepler. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Can that still be Solano? All right. Let's see here. Buxton, Gallo, Correa, Polanco, Miranda, Kirilov, Vasquez, Kepler, Solano. Maybe. Is your lineup? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
that's what yeah, that's like what that. you that's I, what yeah, Buxton leading off say and that, say that again, Lovell. I, I I like that. Buxton Gallo Correa, Polanco Miranda Kirilov, catcher Kepler, Solano. Or if Solano doesn't make the oh, let's just say Solano's on the team. Then Solano's that nine hole guy. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense actually. Or against against left handers, maybe he moves up and Kepler moves back a bit. You know, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do that some. Right. Well, I mean, the reality is that we're having fun with this, and Rocco's going to use 160 <laughs> different lineups. So, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's it's just what we do. Hey, one of the great things about baseball and spring training is we can have these conversations and we can kick ideas around whether they end up coming to fruition or not. Well, no, we all know. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but uh, since the third grade, I've been making out lineups for teams. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> when I See, was not- in LA, it was. It was the Dodgers and whoever whoever they were going to play that day. So yeah. See now, if the Lavelle the Lavelle plan is used and Polanco leads off, then Bucks is batting second. Well, that means Polanco bats third, and then Correa's fourth. No, huh. no, you can't block. You can't have. You're not you allowed to use Polanco in two different places in the lineup. That's really oh, against the rules. So then there's there's a hole. The hole's at the three spot then. Right. right. I think Polanco's got to be your three hole hitter. The or or or. Yeah, I think Polanco's your three hole hitter. I yep. just do. Got to. Kept, I mean, if he can't kept, hit, if he if he's no longer Jorge Polanco that we we think he is, and he he can't hit third, then they they got big issues. Now because the they don't end, have a they don't have a thumper DH and they don't have a bona fide fourth hitter. So, yeah, I I totally can see Rockles batting Kepler leadoff against right-handers. I can see that happening. Huh. Wow. Okay. Homework assignment. And to sum do- up. To sum up this entire conversation, because we know that they're going to use a bunch of different lineups, we know they're going to have injuries. Really, the key to the spring training operation, if it's going to be a success, is leaving camp knowing that you have 35 people that you don't mind seeing wearing a major league uniform. And they're all going to get used, and you just hope that it's not going to be 50 guys wearing a major league uniform this year the way it was last year. Right. Exactly. Especially with the, the number of pitchers they ended up using. What was what, 36, something like that? Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, well, we'll see. Um, you got some minor injuries so far in camp, but you got other guys slowly getting worked into the fold. Korea started playing games, and I see Josh Winder through a bullpen. And so, um, we're getting close to goal time here. And so, as long as they don't get any more problematic injuries, uh, it'll be a very interesting roster to see break camp. And as, and as Roy's been saying for a long time now, the biggest mystery about this team, with a, I think they have a chance to be, have a great bullpen. I think they have a chance to have a very good rotation. They have pitching depth in the organization. They have uh, people you like at the top of the order. They have young hitters coming. One thing they don't have is the sure thing run producer in the middle of the lineup like Nelson Cruz, and that might be the key to the whole season. Yeah, no doubt. Um Think about that. He was such a force in that lineup uh, for the time he was with the Twins. And uh, it leaves a hole. I mean, they, they traded him at the right time. And the time could have yes. been better. And they got Joe Smith out of uh, Joe Ryan out of it. <laughs> you can't complain about that as well. But um, there's benefits to having the rotating DH. And there's also drawbacks to have not having uh, a bona fide DH. You know, so we, we've seen it one way with Cruz. And Rock is going to try to win without it. We'll see. So next time we get together, let's talk about who among these starters, or maybe who in this organization, could emerge as a true game one of the playoffs type ace. Uh, 
for today. Let's get a final thought from everybody once again. Uh, thanks to Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks again to TSR Injury Law. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, or you can go to TalkNorth.com and see all of the shows. When you find a show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, let's go to Lavelle for a final thought. You know, through the years going down to spring training, every few years or so, there would be a Twins prospect that would show up in his first camp. And you're like, this kid can hit. Like, I remember... The first time I saw Jason Kubel, I was like, this guy's got a bat. And then the first time I saw Maurer and Morneau, these guys could hit. Um, Luis Arias, I was like, this guy's a hitter. You know, I haven't been down there yet to see him in person, but everything I'm reading about Eduardo Julien suggests yep. that he's the next one in line in, in, in terms of that. You look at him one time, you're like, this guy is a hitter. And usually if you can, if you prove that, uh, and you continue to do that at the beginning of the spring uh, minor league season, your bat finds a way into the lineup during the regular season. That's what happened to Arias a few years ago. Uh, pretty much hit his way into the Twins lineup and was there to stay. I'm wondering if uh, Julian, who looks like he's a good uh, contact guy, draws walks and uh, and doesn't strike out a lot. Is is he the next in, in that group? I am very much looking forward to seeing him. Hopefully he's still in camp. Um, when I get down to Florida next week, because uh, it sounds like he's the next one in line. Where's he? Where's he going to play, Lavelle? I'm guessing second base, right? That's uh, yeah. and he he's got a chance of starting the season at in uh, St. Paul, maybe. Yeah, I know he finished at Wichita. Um, I think he's probably going to start at St. Paul, and he yeah. looks good down there. And he might be next in line if Polanco either gets hurt or moves on. Right. I heard uh, I heard rumblings about uh, him be, being uh, not great defensively. Are those wrong? I think that's probably true. I think that I think no. they project him. They're hoping he will be he will develop into an average fielder who's in the lineup because of his bat. So does that make him a rise defensively, or is he better? Well, I don't yeah, know. I, I can't. I don't want to get too specific with an answer because I haven't seen him much for myself. Right. But I. But they do not. Pro, they do not promote him as a great defender. They promote him as a great hitter. All right. Well, I don't really have a uh, final thought except the same one I've had for, as you guys know, and Jim, you know, since uh, probably 2018 when I started worrying about what the Twins were going to do when Nelson Cruz went away. And, yep. and I agree. I mean, this is two years before he did. And, and I agree with you guys. They made a great trade when they traded him. They traded him at the right time. But but for you know three years before that, I was I was worried about – you know, not having the thumper DH that we were just, you know, just talking about. And and even if it's not a DH, having a, a bona fide third or fourth place hitter that can take all of that on his shoulders and be the guy. And it worried me in 2018, and I'm still, I'm still concerned about it. Yep. Uh, I, uh, my final thoughts, I'm going to go non-baseball. Uh, Roy, you might want to get on YouTube. Uh, Jeff Bridges did a, an interview recently about uh, kind of how they came up with inspirations for different uh, for different aspects of the dude uh, and like how they put that character together. It was really good. I can't remember if it was Colbert or Jimmy Fallon or something, but it was just a really funny interview. Uh, the other thing I'll be checking out on vacation is I'm about to go on vacation. I usually watch music docu documentaries on plane flights. Uh, CCR is a new CCR documentary. Uh, them playing the Royal Albert Hall uh, on on Netflix. That'll be my next target. Oh, and by the way, I did you know because I'm a cliche. I did go to Springsteen uh, last Sunday, 
and completely different show. He used to, you know, he used to crowd surf and jump into the audience and jump off pianos and play for four hours. He's 74 years old now. It was a shorter show, but it was relentless. Uh, it was like three straight hours of just song after song after song. Uh, 18 people on stage, four backup singers, five horns, uh, two keyboardists, two percussionists, uh, three guitarists, uh, a violin player. And it was phenomenal. In its own way, it was phenomenal. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) We should wrap up every show with that phrase. (laughs) I actually read the story about Bridges uh, regarding that, that, documentary whatever he did and i the one thing i got out of it i didn't realize he wore his own clothes on the he, set yeah they brought in like the cone <laughs> brothers like had yeah. you know their, their their wardrobe person came over to bridge's house and she went through his old clothes he said well what do you ever wear this he's like yeah i wear that you know i wear that around the house i mean it, so a lot of the clothes he wore were clothes he just wore around his own house and i think i think the cardigan they found someplace else and and bridges said he and somebody asked him you know, where, where's that cardigan now? And he said, it's like, it's like on a, on a, it's like displayed in his house. He walks by it every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. <laughs>